I'm sorry I have to start the show with a very sad announcement. The death of the S&P 500. Rotation, rotation, rotation. JP Morgan up eight bucks. And they're selling everything tech they can. Why aren't the spoos up 20? We'll dig into that. We'll get into all the bank earnings. What's going on at Boeing. We're going to bring Tim Seymour. CIO of Seymour Asset Management on at 8.45 to get his take on the markets. It's Friday. It's pre-market prep. Where else you want to be? Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Believe it or not, JP Morgan up seven and a half bucks. The spoos are down a buck seventy-five. You all know where our big level is on the upside. I don't need to tell you. Uh dollar flat, one hundred point seven one. Bonds down a quarter of a point, one thirty-one and nineteen thirty seconds, one thirty-four still looming large. Crude planted in the eighty-two handle, up a dime, or the eighty handle at uh, eighty-two twenty-six. Gold giving a little bit back from yesterday. Uh, that's down 830 at 2047. Silver got a 26 handle on it, up 20 cents at 26 and 12.125. And Bitcoin, we sneaked into 31,200, up 465 at 30,995. Well, uh, Dennis, you've been been talking about the S&P going out of business for a long time, going nowhere. Rotation, rotation, rotation. How is this possible that we're, the spoos are down a buck? I'll just say, not not about death of the S&P, but death of movement in the S&P. I think if this rotation continues, and I don't think it will, I don't think it's going to continue like it is. But if it continues like this, you want to be writing covered calls. It ain't going to go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, they are literally finding a way to make the S&P not move. I mean, this is absolutely shocking here today. The banks could not have done better. These earnings are phenomenal. And obviously, you know, we've seen huge pops, although the pops are starting to leak, which is somewhat concerning. But, I mean, I look here and you think, okay, if you were to told me yesterday that all these banks were going to come out and Beat earnings, and they were all. And JP Morgan's gonna be up five percent. Bank of America's gonna be up three percent. Wells gonna be up three percent. And Citigroup, which just reported, was just up four uh, percent, but it's starting to leak it back. It's only down up one and a half. But if you had told me all these banks were gonna come out and beat, and the S and P was gonna be down, I'd be like, "What are you talking about? That's what's been weighing on the S and P." But you know what's weighing on the S and P more than anything? Rotation, <laughs> because as soon as the banks beat. They started hitting Apple, and they started hitting Microsoft, and they started hitting all the tech stocks. The same stocks that they were buying yesterday, they start to hit. It's unbelievable the negative correlation. The algos just have the market like this in a stranglehold. And when the value and the banks go up, they sell the tech. And the opposite is true, too. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's SP had a good day yesterday where they started to finally start to buy everything. But we're right back here to rotation station here again. 
I don't think it continues, but wow, it's impressive, the rotation. Yeah, all right. We got a slew of earnings to go through here as we yeah, kick we off Q1 earnings season. Good morning to you, Mitch. Uh, give those blowout JP numbers, JPM. All right, let's get to it. JPM here, uh, the Q1 EPS, $4.10, beat the $3.41 estimate. Sales of $39.34 billion beat the 39 a $36.19 billion estimate. They did report 868 net investment security loss in corporate, uh, resulting in a loss of $0.22 cents per share, and also gave Q1 provision for credit loss at $2.275 billion, but definitely getting the uplift here. And it's not only JPM, right? Let's keep going. Do you guys want to do one by one no, here? Yeah, no, do all three. Do all three. Do all three. Okay. Sure. All right. Let's 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 at least bring in Wells Fargo, of course. Q1 EPS, a dollar twenty-three beat the dollar and thirteen cent estimate. Sales of twenty point seven three billion beat the twenty point uh, 0.07 billion estimate. So you see here a beat and a beat by Wells Fargo, a beat and a beat by JPM. Then we get into Citigroup. Just reported, right? Q1 EPS, $2.19, beat the dollar and 67 cent estimate. Sales of 21.45 billion, beat the 20.03 billion estimate. Um, so there you see it, another beat and a beat. And then we'll get into one more after we cover these. We'll go to PNC after this. Yeah, do the big bags because it's a different story in the regionals here. Uh -huh. And, um, I think, you know, Nate Tobik, you had on the closing print, Joel, and you were making a good point that perhaps this market here is rotation within the banks themselves. And perhaps what has been the regional bank's biggest problem is going to be the biggest benefit for the big banks. I think as, you know, money has moved and it looks like it's somewhat, this is what Nate Tobik was saying, money coming out of the regionals probably maybe some of it went to gold maybe some of it went to bitcoin but you know where the majority of it went to the majors money from the regionals to the majors and i think you know and we we, we talked about this possibility a few weeks ago too on pre-market prep you were you were bringing up you know could this be a real big benefit for a stock like jp morgan you know the regional banking problems because as people are nervous about their frc account well, where are they likely to go? They're probably not going to another regional. They're probably going to go, I need to be with the majors. So you just wonder if, you know, that thought process doesn't continue. And maybe this is actually really good news. What's bad for the regionals might be really good for the big banks, the majors. Man, a couple different things here before we get to the price yeah. action. Uh, number one, uh, it's one when I went on my bank buying spree, this, this is one I picked up. And, uh, you know, Kind Good of call. felt like it was late, you know, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it could easily erode a lot of these gains. So it's something I'm looking at a little bit uh, longer term. Uh, second of all, you know, when that bank contagion hit, I mean, I got phone calls from like buddies that, you know, had had money at some Nervous. of these regionals. And I talked to my brother-in-law and I'm like, I'd move it. And they go, where? And I'm like, I don't know, JP Morgan, you know, yeah. Bank of America. And plus yeah. they're getting these, they're getting these deposits now. And they're not, they're not they don't have a lot of money locked up at lower rates. So they can, they can, they have so much more flexibility. Now, how long this will last, you know, I don't know, but it's just, you know, you look back in the kind of the common sense, there's the haves and the have nots. And what, uh, um, what Nate said was the banks that you call and they don't pick up the phone, you want to sell. 
the bank, the big banks, they're you know going to give you that customer service. Boom, that's where you want to be. I'm just going to give you the pre-market action here, and uh, I don't want to get too opinionated on this. Uh, 137.66. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the pre-market, the high of the day is in, but holy mackerel, with the straddle being at like four bucks, 137.35 was a March 9th high, and if that's not good enough for you. Uh, the next high came in at 138.59. So there's the two levels for that one. Uh, Dennis, you want to make any comments on? I, I just want to clear because people are saying what well, deposits went up. We are not saying that's what we're reading from the report. We're speculating. Yes, so this is still speculation. We're talking about what Nate Tobik was saying. But it's interesting that these big banks, you know, they're buying these two, and obviously, you know, that the earnings were pretty good. So we're not saying that we've read anywhere. This is speculation on Nate Tobik was saying, and then I was thinking about it last night after you were mentioning it and on the closing print, and you had mentioned this before. And I kind of think there's a play there. So, I mean, this could show up. You know, we could start to see this. So I'm nervous about the regional bank earnings. Um, but, you know, this isn't just a bank show. I think, you know, we've got to move it into the rotation because what has happened here is we're seeing this negative correlation between the big tech stocks and the banks. And I mean, yesterday, the banks were just sitting there doing nothing. But you know what? The S&P is ripping higher. And that's why, because Microsoft, just huge buying yesterday in Microsoft. Apple, huge buying yesterday in Apple. Meta, new highs on the move. It's been the most, this, take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon, draw it from 2023, the beginning of it, and straight up 90% on Meta. Incredible moves here. This is where the money is still hiding. I still think this is where you're probably, if you get a pullback here, there's just underneath the man. That's why we've been saying, um, you know, there's so many people who have missed the boat on tech, including, you know, myself to a certain extent. I have some, but, you know, obviously I have some cash too. I just think that, you know, as you get these dip, you know, in Apples and Microsofts because JP Morgan's blowing it away. Not to saying, you know, that the, you know, I, I still like the valuations on those, but I think overall in some tech, if you can find, you know, tech that isn't crazy valued, maybe tech that hasn't went yet, I still think there's an opportunity there. Money, Mitch, you're quiet in the background. I want to throw it to you. What are your thoughts? One on the rotation, and then two, is there any? You know, we were giving a couple the other day um, yeah. of of tech stocks that hadn't went yet. Are you eyeing up any other ones? Honestly, right now, I just feel like this market has shaken all the worries, right? I mean, just think about where Big we've time. gone since the financial crisis that happened, right? It just seems yep. to me like, yes, I mean, there was some concern, but really, it might have been overblown, right? And that's okay, because there was risk there involved, right? A lot of traders were worried more about the risk and than the opportunity. But now we need to be looking for opportunities for pullbacks. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, at this point, I feel like we're in that wave three of the Golden Cross, where we're going to courts expansion. It, it looks like we're going to expansion. And I've talked about if we get above 420s, we will be out of a rectangle that was all the way back since May 5th of 2022. So we'd be really shaking a lot of that bearish action and really going into what could be the new bull market. Uh, and I think what, you know, and I'm not saying we we'll go out and buy Kathy ARKK, but they've been sleepy. A lot I of actually did buy sleepy. ARKK. You did? Are you long ARKK? Yes, I am long ARKK I kinda like yesterday. It. I kind of like it. 
I bought it um, yesterday for I'm looking for the push through the 40. Not long term, but I kind of like the setup for a trade. I went down and dirty and started buying some of these beat-up names. We talked about Palantir yesterday on the show. Did I that actually move went yesterday? out and did buy PLTR yesterday. Ah, my man Dennis said, I'll take it. Yeah, again, stopping myself out. So my stop out's going to be the low of the move there, 779. But I like the sleepiness of it. I like the setup here. I like the thought. I like that I keep seeing all these AI stocks pop. I mean, if you go to the Palantir website, the first thing they talk about is AI. I don't know what they do, but they sure promote <laughs> AI to a certain extent. So I feel like it's just a matter of time before this one actually starts to. I mean, go to Palantir. The first thing Palantir is rooted in building data driven intelligence applications for complex, <laughs> high value government and commercial uses. I mean, I'm seeing all these AI stocks pop everywhere. And and this is the you go to the website, the first thing is pops up AI powered operational operations for every decision. That's the first thing that pops up. That's it's the, the main thing. Bring it up. Go to the Palantir website right now, palantir.com. And I mean, I'm gonna hold on to this for a bit. I'm not turning around selling it today. I had some for a trade, I've already sold the trade part, but the part that I put on for the swing trade is or is on right now. I just yeah. want to like show it. I'll, right I'll here, help PLTR. you with this. Can you I'll go to the website? Yeah, I'm going to the website right now. But I also wanted to show you. Uh, let me share my screen. I'm sorry, I didn't have it. Ready you got to get over. Uh, you got a nice setup here on the upside. I like the it, chart. I like that it, it's an. It's they're promoting themselves as an AI company, and every AI company has already blasted off. It's like the sleepiest trade of all sleepiness. I got so, you. So Dennis, I'm here, look. I'm gonna hold when on. You look to up it. the company first. I thing think there's you a see. shot to go to ten here. I would say my target would probably be 10 stopping out. So just setting up a swing trade for you. We don't often do that on the show. 779 is the low of the move. That's where I'll stop out if I'm wrong. I think the target would be that 1020, 1023 area, Joel. That sets up about a buck 70 with 70 cents downside. It, it's not bad. It's a two, not quite a little over two to one, not quite three to one. But what do you think of the chart? Tell me about the chart, Joel. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at it. It looks sleepy. Uh, you know, we I wish we would have talked about it. You had three lows under eight bucks. That's your major support. And then buyers stepped up to the 8.30 yesterday over the last two sessions. Inside day yesterday. Uh, if you could clear 8.80 today, I mean, there, boom. I'm not going to pay too much attention to the stopping point over nine. And then you can see how it opens up. So you get a firm. The best thing, too, is if you could get, you know, poke your head over nine a couple days, 9.20, and then and then put a couple hot, a couple lows on top of these old highs. Then you set up another base. Boom! The blast off to the ten uh, to the ten dollar area, but man, that that was pretty good. We went from uh, J.P. Morgan to Palantir. Rotation, Joel. Man, hold on. We got rotation on this show. We got rotation on this show. Following the script of the market, <laughs> rotation. We rotated from the banks to AI, just like value that. to growth, baby. That's what we did. But let's stay on this theme. I mean, you were pointing out another one here, Mitch, that went yesterday. What was it? CX AI? Is that the stock? Oh, yes. Boy, let's oh, get boy, to the boy. AI life. 218% here this morning. Again, <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is. It but don't it just matter. But it went from $2 <laughs> to $22. It just went up 1,000% in 24 hours. CX yeah. has AI in the ticker symbol. Dennis, CX, Dennis, AI. Dennis, don't look at my chart. Don't, are, you, are you looking at the chart? Don't look at the chart. Oh, my God. It went to $55 looking... this morning. <laughs> Yes, it did. I already was looking at your chart. Yes, it did. This was already fifty-five dollars. No, so we're... no, sixty-eight, sixty-two. I have sixty-nine, ninety. What is sixty-nine dollars today? 
69 I have 69, bro. Oh my gosh. Okay, so multiple thoughts here. One, if you Retail. feel like we're going into a little more bull market here, you know, we've been talking about buying dips, me and Mitch pivoting to the buy the dip camp lately. Go I Wilson. think you've got to look to storied stocks again. You know, yeah. we get into these story stocks, and this is, you know, another story. AI is the story. It's why I bought Palantir was mainly that I mm-hmm. think it could be a hot story. I see all the AI stocks going up. The first thing on their website is AI, and it hasn't went yet. I'm like, chat, help us out here. Find more of these AI stocks. Stocks oh, that, moved, that have yeah. AI all over their website. Find them right now because I'm telling you, the ones that haven't moved, not chasing crap that's moved, talking about stuff that hasn't moved. Remember, don't jump on the train when it's rolling down the tracks. Yeah. Jump on the train, and I got a story about that one day. But jump on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually jump on the train when it's still at the station. The Palantir is still at the station. CXAI yeah. not at the station. No, not at the station. It's blasting off into orbit, rocket ship mode. Way too much. Can't control the risk. I can control the risk in Palantir. I have an out. Seven dollars and seventy nine cents. So I have a defined risk to find out. I cannot control the risk <laughs> in CXAI, so I can't touch it. Risk first, then reward. Uh, actually, I, you guys, I'm going to step away for from a minute here. I'm going to uh, go talk to my web developer, and we're going to change it from premarketprep.com to premarketprepai.com. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> these things are crazy right now. Um, what about the sleepy? Okay, there's one in, interesting one too. Change agent saying live person. Was that and is that an AI oh, yeah, that's player or not? We, that's who we. Yeah, that's who we interviewed. Yeah, Did yeah. Live person an AI player because it's right down sleepy. It hasn't gone yet. Yeah, there's that we interviewed Rob Lacasio uh, again. Dennis. I don't think you want to marry any of these things. You I don't think you be... want to marry any of these positions. I'm not saying all these companies you put in your long-term portfolio in 20 years from now, you'd be happy. A lot of these, you know, and I'm not talking about live person or anyone specific, but I'm saying from right now, at this moment in time, there's an AI buzz, like, you know, back to blockchain, back to the COVID vaccines, back to, what was the one before that? It was like, uh, I, there was something before that too, but, you know, uh, now, SARS, now we're, what, what? The metaverse. It was something else too. Metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. The metaverse, the metaverse. The metaverse. AI is the thing right now that is hot. And go to this list. So, Chad, you are awesome. This is why we have the show. It's not for the <laughs> money. I'll tell you that much. It's because we get great ideas from people. WB just gave us a whole list. Most of these have yeah, already. You see, I'm moving. ready. I got it. GF, yeah, show it. GFAI. Let's just look. So, we already know that one. We've been covering that one for a bit. IDAI has just started moving. I don't know what the hell that is. T-stamp, you don't need ID, to, you don't AI. read what what it is you just read what the ticket it's already gone too so again i don't want to jump on the ones that have that yeah have that's the gone. problem you know what happened i mentioned this yesterday right as soon as i mentioned it guess what all of freaking reddit was reading that kind of stuff oh just yeah, look for man. names with ai that's why i mentioned it yesterday all because of these i was seeing AI it on the, the street symbol. are these What's... even ai companies no, they're half of them like don't even have all. <laughs> they just have AI in the ticker symbol. That's and they it. go up because they have AI in the That's ticker it. symbol. That's it. <laughs> what, this what, um, so dumb, what is man. the uh, what's the this one with is the, just B? the craziest market? Are you serious? The these bullfog, aren't AI companies. Uh, BFR, BFR, well, P O A I predictive oncology is that an AI company or it just has AI in the ticker symbol? It's going up just because of AI in the ticker symbol. That's getting another level if they're doing that. Yes. Is what's that what you're that, doing? Is that what Reddit's doing That's right what I now? mentioned it yesterday, Dennis. 
AI in the ticker symbol, and it goes. What was that Joel, last one um, you mentioned? That's BFRG, Bullfrog AI Holdings. Okay. Wow. Well, that one already Bullfrog, went. Bullfrog, baby. Jeremy Newsom was tweeting They're jumping. a couple days ago. Jay. <laughs> They're hopping. You know, hey, when one frog hops the other, it just starts, keeps going, right? Relationships. Well, that's what I'm about. That's my gig. I'm a relationship trader. I like trading relationships. It's what works for me. It's what's worked for me for a long time. There right now is unarguably, um, you know, these AI stocks, and it's crazy if they're just moving because they have AI in the ticker symbol. But it's important, yeah. you know, that we are aware that, you know, Reddit is out there again. Social media is driving pricier again on certain mm -hmm. stocks. And if your stock has AI in the ticker symbol <laughs> and you're short it, I'd be covering because that's what Reddit, you know, seems to be after you. So I don't like it when Reddit's after me. I'd rather be on the Reddit team as opposed to against them. So there's times where when this ends, you know, we know it often ends ugly. But right now, we are definitely bulls are in control of this market. Right now, they're definitely all over these AI stocks. Let's go to another area that I want to be looking at. And I've been talking about this area. I've been watching to see the plays develop in here. And it's in a sector that I've really seen taken off. And that, of course, is healthcare. And when we're talking especially about health care plans, United Health reporting today, Q1 adjusted EPS at $6.26, beat the $6.13 estimate sales of 91.93 billion beat the 89.77 billion estimate they increased 23 adjusted eps guidance um from 24.50 and 25 dollars now to uh th they rose it to 24 dollars and 50 cents and 25 dollars on the high end from 24.40 and 24.90 the consensus was 24.94 of course, these are moving with the big move in membership growth in Medicare Advantage business that is expected. I've been watching UNH. I've been watching Cigna. I've been watching ELV, Alviance Health, all these on my radar, and they're starting to get going here. And I like with UNH having good earnings here. I think they could start playing some catch up. Uh, wow, they've already made a huge move off the March low. I was looking at that thing down there, and it just it took off on news, and uh, that was back on April first, the Medicare news, and just kept on going. Uh, street leaning the right way into this report, but we are nine eight bucks off that pre market high of uh, five thirty seven. So I'm gonna look. Oh, is there anything on the dailies here? Uh, I think you need to do a reset here, and you need to look at uh, two daily highs ahead of the pre-market high. Uh, one is five thirty fifty. That was your December thirtieth high, and then above that, five thirty three sixty eight. But uh, big run if you're buying this thing. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, the top of the range from yeah. Wow, this is still within yesterday's range. That's pretty impressive. Five thirty forty five. Huh. Here's now, the problem with UNH. It's okay, a defensive stock. It is. It does actually sometimes move opposite the market. And with the wicked rotation that we're seeing risk on day for the banks, obviously, tech coming off because it rotates against it. I'd just be cautious chasing this one because nothing about UNH, you don't even have to look at the earnings. Rotation is driving this market. UNH is not a risk on stock. It's a risk off stock. It's defensive. It's cash flow stable. It does well even during recessions because, hey, people still need health care. Not the kind of stock that I want to be long in a, in, you know, in a bull market, to be honest. 
there's other stocks who want to be long in a bull market. And, you know, right now the bulls are in complete control. Unless we turn around and the banks just tank, I think UNH could give these gains back despite nothing bad with the company, just victim of rotation here. So I'm not into the UNH today. I think today, I think you're dead right on UNH. I'd be watching the other ones that just started going. I was even watching CNC. That started getting moving yesterday. Going to keep an eye on like Cigna. That's at a nice little kind of ascending triangle. They're going to look to see if that can get through the 270 spot. And just to give one more ELV, one of my favorite ones, just because the way it trades pattern-wise, this one's starting to get going. Going to look to see if it can get back above 500. But I don't want it right now. I'm looking for pullbacks on this one at 485 for a throwback yeah. look. Um, but that's just the healthcare names. But overall, have you guys seen the move that has happened in healthcare? I talked about IBB early on in the week, and oh that's gosh. really started to get going. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was already too late to the spider, right? So I looked at IBB to see if the biotechs would play catch up, and that's really starting to get moving here. So I'm keeping an eye on the healthcare sector overall. Huge move in XBI. Um, nice move up. As major resistance up there at 80. XBI moves with the banks to a certain extent. And I'll tell you why. You know, and, and you know, and you can see why XBI, you can actually see the correlation here with carry and the XBI. The reason XBI moves with the banks is that most of the smaller companies here are very dependent on credit. They're very dependent on to, to continue to finance their R&D. So if credit gets tighter, if the banks have trouble and credit starts to get tighter, those small little biotech companies might have trouble getting loans. So that's why XBI is moving very much with the banks. So I think if the banks are having an okay day, it's actually good for XBI as well. Again, at the regionals, and keep your eye on the regionals. So it's going to move more with the regionals because I think you got a lot of regionals in any of the majors too, but the basically bio the, the XBI, all those smaller biotech companies are very reliant on lending. And a nice technical setup here too. Uh, the big boys were stepping up at seventy six, right? Uh, four lows in that area. So if you you know if you don't mind uh, you know risking four bucks, but uh, more interesting on the upside here is uh, this eighty dollar level. You get above 80 here, you had a high at 79.93, and then in yesterday's session, after having a big move, it was 80 right on the kisser. So keep an eye on that if you want to buy it into strength. And also, if you look at the bottom right chart here on the monthly, I mean, this thing is, you know, nowhere even near uh, uh, any kind of retracement, let alone uh, 50%, but 3.382 it's probably not even near there so keep an eye on 80 let's look at the ibb uh that had a nice move yesterday i see some congestion here a little bit at 134 um what did we haven't looked at um biogen in a while huh how's that doing that's just kind of been creep Ooh, look at that little setting bottom up setting there. up yeah it's it's yep. come back a long ways though. i like I mean, it. the one thing and again they but you're coming into resistance here now you actually, one cautious thing is these are defensive too. So, I mean, it depends. Like if you're thinking that biotech's going to be the leader in the next big bull market here, you know, maybe XBI if you're really thinking, you know, risk on, but Biogen's actually one. a defensive stock. It actually moves opposite to the market sometimes. So you just got to be careful. Um, and you're coming up to this 300. Okay. That's just oh, man, resistance. look at that. So Holy I just feel like there's, there's some meat on the boat. I'm long Biogen. I've been long Biogen in my long-term portfolio for 20 years. I still own Biogen. 
So kind of talking as my book here. But if you had on for a trade, it's had a pretty good move already. I mean, it'd been nice to buy three weeks ago at 260. Now it's 290. And you're going into this all on risk on market. Biogen is kind of defensive. Yeah, More like got... UNH trade. A little bit too defensive for me if I'm going full rah-rah bull. Full rah-rah bull. Oh, and I'm not just... full rah-rah bull here yet, but I'm buying pullbacks. Because that's uh, what two, 292, <laughs> 293. I mean, I'm looking at this area. And you had it like not one. This is called 292 because that encompasses uh, most of the highs. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight highs in a row. Let's just call it the 292 area. So I'm not worried about that other high, but uh, eight highs in a row in the same area for a big stock like that. That means someone is selling and uh, they're <laughs> they're not letting up. But uh, S&Ps are flirting. We got a good level on the upside. I just <laughs> want to alert our traders and investors that uh, the high, the CPI high on uh, Wednesday, 77.75. You know what happened after that? And then, boom, we came all the way back yesterday, and we got to 77. And now the pre-market high stands at 4176.75. So we'll keep an eye on that. Clear the path at least to 4200. So we're we're staying pretty bid here uh, going into uh, and 830. Mitch, do we have any numbers at 830? Yeah, we do. Today? Yes, we retail do. Yes, too. we do. I'm ready to go, baby. We got retail sales coming in here month over month. Consensus is negative 0.4, prior negative 0.4. Um, when you look at the core retail Ooh, sales, that's at negative 0.1. Consensus is negative uh, 0.3. Let's see what happens here. Let's see if the market reacts to these numbers. Of course, we'll find out as it hits the tape. 830, baby. What's going on in the action, Drop. Oh, there might be a little little week. I think the retail sales are coming in a little week here. I went to the XRT. I'm sorry. There I didn't think go. we would move off this. I uh, got them here. U.S. retail bad. sales month over month for March, negative 1% versus a negative 0.4 estimate. Uh, was negative 0.2 was the prior reading. Uh, so definitely coming in light there. That shows that retail sales a little bit weaker. Core retail sales at negative 0.8% versus a negative 0.3% estimate here. Also coming in a little bit light. A uh, little dip under 4170. There's some firm sellers out there here. Uh, now we're we're pulling back. I don't see the the banks are still maintaining their bids. Uh, we're just flirting with unchanged. Nothing really to get excited about yeah. here. Still got the resistance up there. Uh, so is this is it good that the retail sales weren't good? Because that's that the hard mean... part. That's the hard <laughs> part. At this point, do you want a recession or do you not? Right. <laughs> I mean. Good trying to figure out what it wants, it wants yeah because because the cause, fed will stop raising rates yeah it's kind of hard here but i think the fed is already past that too and i think that that's why the market is where it's at because at the end of the day the fed has turned on their policy um and i think that that's why we're at these levels turned, we're at. turned is what like they're not raising anymore yeah just that alone just that alone gave the market mm, I, this I, bullish I, feeling. I, yeah I, I mean I, look at how we've reacted since that day right since that time we've reacted up and shaken all the bank concerns so to me i mean it just seems to me like we're definitely shaking and Money managers put in their money on technology names and they're going to ride this market higher. 
Well, let's hope so. Uh, today on the closing print, I'm going to have uh, Blue Putnam on, my boy Ooh. Blue from the CME. And uh, I'm going to get his take on uh, the inflation data because he told us, what, a, was it a year ago, Dennis? That, man, it takes a while to fight inflation. And uh, I'll see what he thinks about these uh, these March numbers. But uh, that dip was bought at, it was dip. The yeah, buy the dippers they're all are out over there. The dips right yep. now here. The yep. balls are in complete control. And again, like I said two days ago, it's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to stay wrong. And we got the opportunity to buy the dip a little bit yesterday, a little bit the day before. But I mean, we're at this spot right now. The banks are going to report earnings like this. I just think like that was the main worry holding us yeah. down here. So yeah. until we start. Inflation wasn't so, that bad. So either, what right? could change the narrative is like a warning from the Apple or a warning from Microsoft. Something like that could change the narrative quickly. But right now we have to take all the information that we currently have. And that information we currently have is there's a possibility of a bloody soft landing here. And if that happens, stocks could move higher. So right now at this moment in time, (laughs) I'm buying dips. I get a tape warning and Apple warns and everything, you know, gets ugly. I'll switch in a hurry. It's my job as a trader. As, a, as an investor, it's your job to buy dips and invest. So two, two hats right now. As an investor, it's your job to buy dips and hold. As a trader, it's your job to flip back and forth all the time. You have to flip back and forth all the time. Because you're a trader. You're deriving. You're trying to... you know production you're trying to bring in earnings you've got to time the market to a certain extent as a trader it's your job to flip back and forth and back and forth and back and forth right now we're in a buy the dip market not a buy the rip market we just ripped yesterday remember we did, again. Right? Big, yeah we're, remember we're getting again. some weakness watch the bids status yeah, watch know, the I'm bids on the downside here but remember we were not buying rips we ripped yesterday so now you need another dip to buy but if you get a dip mm-hmm. in tech here today probably another buying opportunity they're, they're dipping it the, these big components are just uh they're weighing on the market we have uh apple down buck 11 microsoft down 252 google in the red uh by almost the buck amazon fractionally nvidia down tesla down it's so funny i look at the top six components here they're <laughs> all in the red and then you got berkshire uh up exxon mobile yeah <laughs> Wow, I don't know. I tell you, this this JP Morgan is holding up here. We are we are coming up on all right. Now we're down five and a half. So hmm, hmm, hmm. I would I Dennis, I'm full within your camp here. Uh on uh, on buy you know dip buying. Dip not dime. Rip buying. And again, we, we got a triple so top. Yesterday in was the opportunity. We got triple top. We got a triple top in right now. We got a triple top in on the market. I I hmm. what does Apple report, by the way? Next, I, I believe the big boys start coming in next week. So you know what, know we did Tesla's do Lo- Lucid and we did do Boeing, but you know what, they should be part of our Trade Zero segment. So let's do that because we got our guest at eight forty-five. What you tangent, know it, Tangent Friday. Let's do it. This is a good a good show today. Let's go. All right, get into our stocks to watch. One of the stocks definitely on the downside today getting hit is, of course, Boeing. I know the chat was asking what happened there. So it looks like on Thursday, they warned 
on Boeing on Thursday warned that it would likely reduce deliveries of its 737 Max airplane in the near term because of a problem with a part made supplier by Spirit Aerosystems. That's ticker SPR. And this was reported by CNBC. So Boeing definitely taking a hit on this. And then also you guys can look at the supplier. That's also taking a hit on this. this that's SPR. Mm-hmm. And you guys can see both of these down big here. And is this big problems for Boeing ahead? I tried to short this SPR on this news. I, can <laughs> like, I was trying. Evil. I was tr- there was no bids on this thing. And I'm like, do I want to <laughs> hit 33? I'm like, do yeah. I want to hit 33? <laughs> yeah, you had like to 34? It. I'm like, do I want to hit it two bucks down? Not really. But anyways, <laughs> now it's five bucks down. I'm thinking, why did I not hit it two bucks down? <laughs> yeah, so, that's how it goes a lot of the times, right? Yeah, I should have chased on that one. I don't like chasing, and I want to hit something down hey. two bucks. And you know how big of a deal it is. But as Boeing has lost this much, there's no doubt that the pers- that the company that makes the part that's causing the problem is going to be down more. So SPR is down 14% on this. I think it's a short-term fix. I think they will get the issue fixed. I think there will be a buying opportunity. SPR is actually interesting down at 29 to 30, but uh, maybe go. let the dust settle on it. Yep, you got a you got a gap fill if you come down to 29.62 and you know how I love the, you know, multiple lows in the same area. Well, just above that. Oh man, that's a gap area. I'd be if you're looking for more downside here today, uh, I'd be looking at these lower 29s uh, if they continue. I don't know. They kind of already whooped on it pretty good. I don't know if you're going to see that today, but that's a great level. Boeing, I don't know. Boeing always is tricky with, uh, you know, when it gets this kind of news. There's a firm seller at 202 right now. So if you're looking for some upside, they're going to just blow this off. You get through 202. What do you got to do to get into yesterday's range? Oh, you got a ways to go. So I don't know. Wouldn't want to be short this thing if it gets above uh, 202. And then on the downside here, mm, next daily low comes in at 20049 and then 198.63 in Boeing, BA. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to the next stock that had a little bit of some disaster news. Let's go to Lucid Group here. You guys know how I feel about Lucid. I don't even got to bring it up. I think uh, there's two bears here that don't feel the best about Lucid for sure. I had the $5 price target on this thing when it was like 30. <laughs> Dennis, this is the one that you and I should have put out the short report. That's what yeah. happened. Uh, Lucid reports 2,314 vehicles produced in q How many? 2,314 vehicles produced in Q1. Here's the better one. Only 1,406 vehicles delivered. Uh, So less vehicles delivered than produced. That is not good news here. Estimates by Wall Street had expected Lucid to deliver about 2,000 airs in Q1. Lucid, of course, said it delivered fewer air sedans to its customers in the first quarter than it produced. Um, also, if you guys remember in March, Lucid cut 1300 workers, about 18% of its workforce. Wow. Um, the company also stated here that they're going to have a one-time charge between 24 million and 30 million for those layoffs. And that's most of it would show up in the first quarter. I'm I'm not billion dollar market cap, Joel. What is the new Tesla? dollars. To make a thousand cars, I mean, people can say, "Oh, it's, but it's the bucks, new it Tesla, 50. man." I can't. There's a million new Teslas is the problem, but you know what? The yeah, best one is... is just Tesla. Yeah, that's so. The truth. That's I mean, the truth. I'd rather own Tesla at a nosebleed valuation 
then own this zombie. This is a zombie company. This isn't going to make money anytime soon. Um, I know it's owned a lot by the Saudis. Maybe they eventually just buy it all. I don't know. But at, at a certain point in time, they might do that. But this has just been a mess. You know, and you got the stocks that are going up, 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 up. You know, obviously, we've had a lot of stocks come off the lows from, you know, tech companies. And this is a tech company from the January lows. And then you got one sitting on the lows. I mean, yeah, there's support at six. But uh, this is the definition of, you know, of underperformer. Weakness. Yeah. Underperformance. There, Holy. There, there's a bunch of lows at 750, not for my cup of tea. And then the next daily low is 717. So a bunch of daily lows in the same area. If this was your target, I don't know. This is a pretty thick stock. You were over close to nine bucks uh, on uh, on Wednesday, but multiple lows. Nothing nothing great looking on this chart. All time high in Lucid uh, was uh, sixty four eighty six, and that just happened to be in January of twenty one. Was it January? No, February of twenty one. Oh boy, not a good looking chart. That's not as it like a couple thousand cars. I mean, get my you know, let me take my car out of the garage. I mean, I can make a couple thousand cars in there. I mean, that that's ridiculous. But... <laughs> I'd like to see that. A little bit of an exaggeration on your part, but again, it just shows like the valuations. These things yeah. were trading at at one time. It's still ridiculously overvalued, and the stock's down like eighty percent from the highs. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, there's so many better places to be for your money, and maybe you get a turnaround, and maybe you get a bounce in this thing. But you know what? There's been a lot of people who have come into Lucid and been looking for a turnaround and a bounce over the last year and a half. And you know what? They all have in common. They've all been wrong. That's for sure. All right, let's get to, of course, some of the bank outlook and what's on the upside. You can see a lot of banks, of course, showing up on this. Um, one that kind of gave me a little bit of a heads up. I was looking at Goldman Sachs to see what how it would trade yesterday. Did pretty well. Um, I actually traded it yesterday. They traded it, got in and out wow. of it, but started showing that upside move. And it was a first downside move. I was looking to see if they were going to red the green it. And you can see how it was coming towards the end of the day. That was giving me a little bit more of a sign. And this stock loves to run into earnings. So now that the JPM has had good earnings, City has had good earnings, yeah. Well Fargo has had good earnings. I'm definitely looking at Goldman Sachs today. That could continue riding higher. At least you I know, feel so. So I'm going to keep a little bit on this different one. though than Bank American, JP Morgan. I worry about the investment banking here because it hasn't been a great quarter, and they're so big into investment banking. Yeah, my idea would be you run into the earnings, not not to the actual earnings. Right? Yeah, but again, it's it, it has run, and eight three forty is a huge number for GS too. I'd actually be taking the profits in GS. It's just been a big run. It's up. It's up. It's up almost. It's up five and a half bucks, and you got a sneaky seller here at five thirty. Three forty is big. Yeah, it's just a nice if, level. It, yeah. Doesn't feel like it's going to get there, but uh, if you could clear uh, pre-market high five thirty-eight thirty-six, or uh, you know, if you're looking to short it, you know, above three forty, that was a big red candle. Some people are like, "Oh my God, this is back at three forty. So that's what I'm looking at uh, for Goldman Sachs. GS. Too bad they don't split that stock. That used to be that used to be such a fun one to trade when it was like ninety, hundred, hundred and twenty dollars. Used to move with the S and P really well. Uh, it's still fun to trade. I do Goldman versus Morgan. So again, you know my relationships. GS, MS. I've pair traded that for years. Obviously, strong relationships there. Um, there's opportunity to extract alpha from that relationship for sure. 
Hmm, I wonder. I shorted Morgan Stanley from up there into the gap down. Should I go back after it? Hmm, he'll be on my radar Morgan today. hasn't run up as much. So yeah, there's separation hasn't. happening here. Yeah. Goldman's come back a lot faster than Morgan. So, again, Morgan's got room to 90. Goldman Sachs has room to 340. Is 337. There's not much meat on that bone, in my opinion. Just I think it, I think Goldman's come back up too much too fast. And I don't like the investment banking. All right, let's go ahead. Let's do one last one here. Let's see what I see on the... Oh, Schwab actually getting up a little bit here. What about Schwab? Will this get out? Will this shake the downside outlook? Keep an eye on PNC. PNC Mm, will be your indicator for Schwab. PNC is trying to hold its gains. PNC's quarter was fine, but PNC was way up and it's leaked it back, which is concerning as well. So I'd just be cautious. Um, Keep an eye on PNC. So PNC starts to breakout Schwab will do well too today. It's going to be your leader today. That's not for every day. That's just for today. PNC reported it's regional. Uh, now that, now that, more with the now regionals that, and the majors hmm. right now. Another, another little leg down here, Dennis. Uh, watch out on the downside here. Watch out on those bits. Uh, yeah. Ba, yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Ah, the highs in. I mean, I was hoping to get another shot at that 77 yeah. area, but right now, um, that's fading. But uh, 8:45 now. We got a we got a special guest uh, coming on. We got uh, Tim Seymour coming on, the CIO of Seymour Asset Management. Roll the intro, Mitch. He he's not here yet, Joel. Uh, uh, he'll be here in a second, I'm sure. Uh, he's not in the back yet. Oh, okay. Tim's is Tim's is a couple minutes behind. We're yeah, waiting a on Tim Seymour. Behind. He'll be here in Tim's- just a second. Yeah, Tim's still uh, struggling with the Ranger loss there last night. So he'll right, get well, <laughs> I'll put one on the radar that I took a shot in, team. I'll let you guys know on one that I took a shot on. Uh, I took a shot on DHR, Danaher Corporation. Long uh, or short? Long. Um, You're long it right now? Yeah. Uh, I got this yesterday. Um, so I'm looking for this one Breaking to start out. making a move. Holy start yeah. start making a move. It's off the Is bottom. news? Do we have news? No, it's what just the leak. It, it, it's tech, Joel. I mean, it's the rotation. Tesla's down 1.3%. Apple's down yeah, 1%. Microsoft's down 1%. Hit. Google's down 1.2%. Netflix, which had an awesome day yesterday, down 1.2%. It's wicked rotation. The problem yeah, look at is... This. You'll see the big boys right here. ...is the weighting of those big megatech stocks is going to overpower 5% moves in the banks. The banks go up 5%. Tech goes down 1%. S&P's flat because that's how much they're weighted. So it's tough on the market to, you know, just, you know, it's tough on the S&P. And I mean, we can keep arguing that we're in a bull market or bear market. In the last 12 months in the S&P, mm-hmm. we are in a sideways market. That is what we are in the S&P. You know, JC even said that on the show. And the S&P, said, yeah, it's been sideways. And why? Because the wicked rotation, the way the index is constructed, it's heavily weighted to those market cap names. Which is Essen, which is obviously Apple's and Microsoft's. Those have held up where other stocks have been killed, and it's kept the market really going nowhere. In the last couple of weeks, we've been ripping higher. But yeah. overall, when you look and you scroll out on the S and P to the last year, we've basically gone nowhere. Covered call writers' dream market right now. All right, we are coming up on the pre-market low. The pre-market low stands at sixty-one seventy-five. So. Uh, that's where it stands. That would be uh, a short-term target here if you're looking at the uh, at the downside. Uh, if, in fact, we take that out, man, oh, man, not much in there. Daily swing number in the form of closing high of the move, that came in at uh, 41.53.75. So we're getting uh, 
Getting a slow leak here uh, in the S&Ps heading into the opening bell. Okay, now let's roll the intro for Tim Seymour, CIO at Seymour Asset Management. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest today. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? It's it's a pleasure to be here, and it is an exciting time of year. It's earnings season. It's hockey season. It's playoffs are coming. Um, you know, where do we begin? By the way, I mean, yeah, are you begin. in the metaverse? Yeah, where What's are that? you? It looks like you're in the metaverse. <laughs> this is AI Tim. I am in a conference room in my office where I just assumed the blurred background was more palatable. <laughs> what I was trying to do, actually, the reason I'm in blur mode is because, and the reason I'm a couple minutes late is I was trying to uh, upload a New York Rangers uh, logo as my as my background, and and clearly, um, either either there are New, New Jersey Devils fans in the metaverse that are stopping me from doing this, or. Uh, um, I don't know. But anyway, that, that explains the funky and weird background. No, I'm not still at the Benzinga Psychedelics Conference. Yeah, oh, no, you, you took my line from me. Oh, okay. man. Well, took it right out of my mouth. I was so going to say, wait, Tim, is this yeah. a little bit? Well, yeah. can we talk yeah, about well, the conference before we get to the markets? And with Benzinga <laughs> got a big conference down there. I know you were one of the speakers down there. Could you just give us a quick recap of that? It was awesome. Um, so it was the Benzinga Cannabis and Psychedelics Conference. I didn't stick around for those crazy kids and guys, um, you know, listening to their uh, their dead bootlegs for the psychedelics. But the cannabis event was all business, and and honestly, I've never seen a bigger turnout. So uh, you know, heads a cap tip to to Benzinga because you know clearly everybody knows the cannabis space has been under a lot of pressure. Um, but I, I think what was really fascinating and a couple important themes that were running through this is. You know, the story of cannabis is not a demand question and, and the, the addressable top line in the industry, uh, depending on whose numbers you're using. Or, and my numbers would probably have it uh, be north of 100 billion uh, if you consider adult medical and, and the important and unfortunately a major headwind from the illicit market. But anyway, great demand. Um, industry rationalization, no question, out of necessity for sure. Um, no, you know, no, uh, I think pie in the sky expectation on federal legislation anytime soon, but, but companies that have probably never been run better. Um, so, you know, the institutional and the, and the retail investor world is, is, is complicated by the fact that it's very difficult to, for institutions to buy and hold these stocks because the custodial universe, the pipes, uh, the infrastructure of the industry, if anything, has taken a couple steps backwards in the last year or two uh, while the rest of the industry has moved forward. But it was a, it was a really exciting couple of days. Um, and I, I love being there because I, I, I truly, you know, this is just not a Benzinga advertisement. It, it's, it's the kind of a conference where um, everybody's down there to get something done. It, it's uh, uh, through the use of technology, uh, the platform that Benzinga has, but also just, I think the vibe that's there, you know, people, people really find it useful. And, and, and I think there's, there's again, that full mix of, of investors, companies, strategics, um, and, and anyway, uh, the weather in Miami was awful. It tells you just how good the event was because it was, it was, I'll, I'll save the, the term. Big rain down. Was there a big it, rain down there? It was raining. It was, uh, you know, it was windy. It was off, but it was, but again, you know, it's actually better. Um, I kept sending my wife pictures of, of the rain outside just so I wasn't going to get in trouble when I got home. 
All right, let's get to the markets. Let's get to the, the, the big macro picture here. We've had a nice run up, right? Uh, the banks did okay today. Uh, we're heading into Q1 earnings season. Banks uh, you know, off to a good start so far. Uh, give us your big top-down view, and then we'll uh, we'll go into some sectors and individual issues, perhaps. Well, well, look, I mean, J.P. Morgan's numbers were extraordinary, right? And they were extraordinary not only because they they showed uh, you know, record revenue growth and profitability, and we can start to dig into the net interest income, which will be easily attacked, but um, the quality of the numbers overall were, 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 I think, also what should catch your eye. Um, and the fact that, that deposits grew, you know, we kind of knew that was going to be a story. And, 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 and I just think that banks are, are guilty until proven innocent. And, and so the interesting thing about the banks is, you know, they've had a couple quarters uh, where they've actually rallied into earnings season and that's been the kiss of death. Um, you know, clearly you've, you've got a little bit of a relief here. Uh, look, the rest of the market over the last week has, has sent a message to the banks that you should be also rallying too. The rest of the market has sent a message that, that actually the worst of, of even a, just a, a deposit run is over. So, um, I'm not going to go pie in the sky on on you know the outlook for banks. There are, there are four or five major major headwinds here. The question you really get to is when you're talking about the the, the top of the food chain and the money center banks. And I'm long J.P. Morgan. I'm long Citibank. I'm long Bank of America. Uh, and you know it's not a question of deposit. It's not a question to me. I, I just don't think J.P. Morgan and Bank of America got credit on the way up for the net interest income. In other words, were we really pricing in uh, you know 49 percent? Uh, you know, NIM growth and or, or or net interest income growth or NIM margin growth. We weren't. We weren't giving them the credit on the way up. So let's, you know, um, I, I think if you're investing in banks, your biggest concern are credit issues. You just can't see that one. Um, it's earnings Nate power over JP Morgan. But the cyclicality of, of the global uh, economy that we're in right now, I, I think we all get it. We all know that, that loan growth is tightening. We all know that, you know, commercial... I mean, CNI, you know, CNI loan growth was one of the great stories for banks over the last three years that nobody paid attention to, which was that they really were lending again. So let's watch this. We know banks are going to be more regulated. We know that they should trade at a bigger discount to where they should have yesterday. Um, but that's the interesting thing, part of it. And again, the dichotomy between banks and the market, we've seen this so many times. Uh, it just so happens that this is the front, you know, front stage event for markets right now. What about this rotation here, Tim? And this is nothing short of incredible. I mean, you get the banks, which has been the big worry in this market, and they report some pretty good earnings. JP Morgan up 6%, Bank of America up 3.6%, Wells up 3.1%, all the banks trading higher. And here's the S&P trading down eight points because they automatically sell Apple and Microsoft and Google and Amazon and Netflix when the banks beat. I mean, it's such a wacky market here right now, but that's what we are. It's rotation station. When does this rotation break? Like, when do they stop selling Microsoft because JP Morgan reported good earnings? I, you know, honestly, Dennis, I feel like they should have done that yesterday um, before JP Morgan's earnings. So, um, I, I, you know, I am a little, uh, I just say, less than than bullish on where I think mega cap tech should be going both, you know, because of the multiples that they're trading at, because of the move they've had, everybody knows what's going on. I mean, the, look, the NASDAQ, uh, the triple Qs have had a, a bull market in the middle of the bear market. They're up 23% yeah. um, in, in, you know, I don't know, with the last, you know, 112 trading days. Um, so there, there's, there's no question there's been outperformance here. They've been a safe haven. They've been, they've been treasury stocks in the middle of, of uh, a 
concerned about the banking system. Um, so, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I'll just say this for the market and the breadth um, that I think you're kind of getting at, which is that I, I think that the breadth of the market was actually uh, pretty impressive before we hit SVB. Industrials were, were kind of starting to outperform. Transports were coming back with FedEx and giving us some great numbers. Um, and some of the transports were trading better. Now, even the airlines, if you if you listen to the the the, um, the second quarter outlook and the guide that Delta gave a couple of days ago, it was fantastic. I mean, their 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 outlook for second Q revenue, um, RASM revenue for available seat miles. The airline industry has these crazy acronyms that no one understands what they are. Uh, but I I just you know I actually think that breadth may sneak back in here for a little bit, and I think we have a window, and I think that's part of what's going on here. Um, uh, let's not forget back to the S&P, Dennis, that, you know, you've traded back up to to near the top of this range, which has yeah. been largely it's been largely thirty eight hundred to forty one fifty. But uh-huh. um, you can make an argument to forty three hundred. Either way, you know, S&P was kind of up there and had been kind of consolidating up near the top of the range even before the good news over the last couple of days. So um, rotation. Yeah, it kind of makes sense to me. I'm not too bummed out that the headline indices are lower. And I think the overall trend is. That I I think you know the broader economy stocks are going to outperform the mega cap tech stocks, especially now after the outperformance that tech has had. And uh, what about the whole you know uh, elephant in the room? The Fed, Jerome Powell, recession, soft landing, the Fed pivot. Um, you know, yeah. really torn on that. Where were you on the old interest rate, Fed pivot, recession, soft landing? We seem to get a a different picture every day. Well, I, I think uh, Fed Fund Futures, which have uh, about 60 bips of, of cuts this year from uh, a peak terminal, I don't know where it's this morning, 503, 504. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Fed's going to be cutting 60 bips in 23. I know there are plenty of people that can that can point to the world and say it makes some sense. Um, I, I just don't think that that's where we're at. Therefore, I think the markets need to um, I'm just looking at my screen. 506 is where we are at to July. It's interesting that uh, at least in the last couple of weeks, we've been slowly easing out the terminal rate again. We moved all the way into really like March um, where uh, off of SVB. But I, I think I think the Fed is going to overstay the party like they always do. So I'm not complimenting the Fed on staying the course. I'm just saying that this is what they're going to do. So um, I think, it, you know, a couple of places where I think investors should focus um, one is that the dollar is best days are, are, are behind it. And, and that shouldn't, you know, that's not a big surprise to everybody after a 5% pullback on the dollar from, uh, from kind of early March. But, you know, the, the 5% rally we had in the dollar from, from January through early March was something that caught people off guard because everybody thought the dollar was suddenly going, going significantly lower. It, it is going to go lower, but the most important thing for asset classes that, that, that are at least benefit from a weaker dollar is that, it, you know, I think a, a strong dollar dynamic, the wrecking ball that is a strong dollar, it really is um, for international, for emerging markets, even for a lot of commodities and resource asset classes. Um, just the lack of a strong dollar is an environment that's great for a lot of equities. Um, and I think the dollar is going lower. But again, it wasn't a, an 18-month dollar rally from May of 21 to October of 22. It was, uh, it was an 11-year dollar run um and uh you know a a very quick and hopefully non overly promotional um i'm working on a new international etf set a strategy and the ticker is idvo idvo and and it's the sister uh etf of 
the Devo ETF, which is a, a, a pretty well-known uh, uh, dividend appreciation U.S.-based. iDevo is international. So what I love about working on this strategy for, for these guys, and I'm working with CWP, who's the sub-advisor, you know, multinationals around the world who are some of the biggest companies either a lot of people have never heard of, like Tenaris, which is a pipeline manufacturer in Argentina, which has got a pristine balance sheet and makes all of the tubes for some of the biggest oil service and integrateds. Um, Diageo people know, Novartis people know. Um, you know, the, some of these companies that are international players, first of all, they benefit from the weaker dollar, obviously. Um, if you look at the outperformance of international since the dollar peaked, um, you know, that's where I think you have a real great backdrop. I even think EM will, will outperform here in the absence of real credit dislocation. So, um, you know, back to the Fed, what the dollar is a function of is our, our central bank differentials, right? And I think the sense is that the Fed is not the most aggressive central bank in the world right now. Um, they obviously were the most aggressive central bank back in early 21, um, or I should say mid 21, when this, you know, the dollar was sniffing out that the Fed had to move and had to move aggressively, which of course suddenly they did in the fall of 21. Tim, two minutes left here. We got to finish with hockey talk here. Um, what are <laughs> there your it stand- is. Oh, what there I it is. He's already here. picking his Stanley Cup champions. I got who's, you. I got who's you. Who's going to play him in the finals? If the Rangers are getting by Boston and Toronto, and I they started you, with Tim. Toronto last night, well, but that, um, obviously, you know, it didn't really mean anything that game. Um, who who's, who are they going to play in the finals? Who's going to meet up with them? Yeah. Go to the West. Great, who do you think comes right, out of the West? Look, it's 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 hard not to assume it's going to be the Avalanche again. They're so good. Um, McKinnon, McKinnon does what he wants to. Um, and, and it, you know, I, I just, it, it's fascinating. Whoever comes out of the East is going to have, have earned it. You know, that's, that's for sure. I was actually at the, the world's most famous arena last night, the self-proclaimed world's most famous arena. Does that piss you guys off by the way that the garden calls itself the world's <laughs> most famous arena? Because I mean, it is kind of absurd. It's like if I gave myself, uh, the nickname, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the smartest guest that comes on. Uh, the morning show. I mean, you didn't, you uh, didn't know, Tim, this is the number one morning show to watch? Exactly. Yeah. I, I know that. Why do you think I'm here? Well, <laughs> hey, you don't see we got show. bells and whistles? I, I got you your ranges right next to you. You didn't even Dude, have to set it so up. Good. That is so good. So, Oh, you um, put that up, man. I nice put that. Job. Come on. Oh, Why yeah. Team? Come That's on, baby. Smooth. Let's go. Mitch, Mitch did me a sound. I, I, think, like, <laughs> I, I think what's fascinating to me is is that the five best teams in hockey, um, four of them are going to play each other in the first round. I mean, Toronto and Tampa uh, and the Rangers and the Devils are are, are four of the five best teams. Carolina is going to, I I think, dispute that. Um, But obviously the Bruins have had a season that that, uh, is is almost surreal. I mean, they've been so good. And I'm talking about professionals, teams, sports, all the major categories. The Bruins season has been something like we've never seen. So I fear the Bruins. You have to. Um, but I think the Rangers have they have as much talent on paper um, as any team. And, and that doesn't necessarily win anything. But uh, it's going to be great, folks. Just watching the hockey playoffs. It doesn't matter what fine. games you're watching. They're fine. So good. Yeah, I have to give you guys both a little bit of credit here because uh, a while ago I was talking up my Red Wings and uh, oh. Dennis did, did, did his deep down analysis and man oh man did they completely fall apart but uh tim seymour he's the cio of seymour asset management joining us here on pre-market prep big benzinga week for you tim thanks again and we'll get you on again soon 
PMP guys, I love it. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks for the logo. Go Rangers. Uh, go Benzinga. See you soon. Thanks, Tim. Okay, all right, Take guys. Care. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop. Just keeping an eye on uh, the pre market low. And uh, now that we pulled back uh, ten bucks, yeah. you gotta you gotta look at that close. Uh, that closing price is gonna be pretty important. The Bulls need to get this market into green over seventy two seventy five, or we might have a little fade. Uh, I'm a little late here. I'm going to take off. You guys uh, finish things up, but uh, great show. Great content. It's a very interesting market here. I'll just finish up. The rotation is nothing short of incredible here. Once again today, the banks are holding up fairly well. If you're trading the regionals, keep an eye on PNC. It will be your leader in the regional banks. We are seeing some profit taking in some of the consumer staples here. They have been playing defense. The market is going risk on. Those stocks typically move opposite. Procter & Gamble showing a little bit of weakness. I do have a position. No, I don't have no. a position. I didn't, I didn't know if I did or not, so I just went through it. I don't have a position in Procter & Gamble. I, I usually trade it every day. I'll probably be selling out of it today. Yeah, the consumer staples have had a pretty good run. Yeah, um, I think it's profit-taking for the consumer staples. At least that's what we're seeing here this morning. What about the city move, man? That that was a nice little pop pullback about pop 50% the of the move. Yeah. It's about One thing 50%, you got to consider we'll in see. the banks is they are notorically – notorically, is that even a word? Notorious, a word. maybe? <laughs> Notor notoriously, but I say notorious. I put two words together. Um, and I came <laughs> Don't up worry. It happens to me all the time, man. It happens to me all the time. Two words together. So I just created a word here on pre-market prep. But bringing it back to the banks – they are notoriously, notoriously yeah. uh, known for popping and dropping. We've got the pops. We've kind of started to drop on a few of them too. So just be yeah. careful chasing them here. Um, they have had pretty, you know, this is a big move. Like I said, with the Goldman Sachs, you're talking about a move off the lows from 301 to 340. Talking about 15% move in three weeks. It's a pretty yeah. good move up here. Some of the other ones haven't went up that much. Bank America's big resistance, which just give you some numbers, is 30 bucks. JP Morgan, big resistance is 135. It's where it is right now. Wells Fargo, big resistance up here at 42. It's off those highs a little bit here too. So keep an eye. They are opening into resistance. They do set up for the potential pop and drop. They're really good earnings though. So it's very important for the banks to hold on for the overall market here today. Or maybe it's not. Maybe if the banks sell off, they just buy tech anyways, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was that was one thing that I did see, Dennis, uh, was the big boys is what was leading yesterday. Um, NVIDIA and AMD weren't even as strong as Google, Microsoft, Tesla, um, Apple was all like kind of pushing higher, higher, higher. And then all of a sudden you saw a quick little sweep. Then NVIDIA and AMD joined the party and then they started going higher. So we'll keep a watch to see what happens to tech today. Can Apple, can Microsoft, can mm -hmm. Google, the big boys catch a little bit of a bounce? We'll keep an eye out for that. Of course, you guys can keep up with everything Dennis does. Triple D Trader. You have a great weekend, my friend, and enjoy. See you guys. Friday. Enjoy. Take care. Uh, Dennis is getting out of here. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action Benzinga does. And today I will let you guys know, of course, we're back at it this Sunday, Japanese candlestick charting techniques. If you guys want to learn some of the techniques that I use to find trades or others, like always candlesticks, right? That's probably what you're using right now on your platform. Do you know how to use them? Well, one thing that this book can definitely do is get you a head start and get you started on an understanding of technical analysis. I know this was the first book that I read on technical analysis and, of course, have read plenty of others now. But 
This one definitely helps out with patterns. We're going to be going through continuation patterns this weekend. So if you guys want to check that out, definitely join us this Sunday on the book club. We get more members every single day. Going to go ahead and throw up the link in the chat. I'll see you guys over on Sunday on the book club. But now to bring you guys over to some live trading action, of course, live trading coming up next where we give you guys the processed approach and how we get after the market. Let's see what I can get into today. I got to go ahead and control some positions out the gates and let's see if we can get some money on the upside. Smash that like, like TJ Agent says, and we'll see you guys a little bit later. Right now, starting up live trading. Let's get into the action. Thank you.